It's episode 302 of Crack the Customer Code. Please hold your applause until the end of the show. Adam, I know we've talked about this before, but I think it's so inspiring when a company really understands that they have work to do around customer experience. So they just roll up their sleeves and they start making that a huge focus and then they see the results. I think I think that's a storybook ending right there. <laughs> storybook ending. I like that. Half the battle with us is convincing people and making them understand, helping them understand that customer experience pays for itself. The customer experience is important, that it is a good investment. There is a return on that investment. And when I think a company finally sort of has that moment, that gut check, where like, wow, mm-hmm. this is not anymore about making a great experience so we can say we are making a great experience and all the sort of la-di-da stuff. This is about we have to compete. The only way we can compete is on experience. And I think so many organizations and so many industries are coming to that realization. And uh, with our guest today, Mm -hmm. Comcast, yeah, I think they definitely, you know, we've talked about them a few times on the show. I mean, they've absolutely just done a 180, at least from their reputation, you know, they're totally. from years ago. I mean, I, I don't know what they were doing back then. We didn't really get into that in the episode, but they've just done a 180. They're so focused. They're doing so many incredible things. And we got to see a peek behind the curtain in this episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think this is a fun one for our listeners uh, to really hear about how they did dive in and the specific ways they dove in to really correct and improve their customer experience end to end. Um, And Tom shares a tremendous amount with us. So I think we should just get in. What do you think? Let's do it, Jeannie. (laughs) Tom Karinchak serves as Executive Vice President Customer Service for Comcast Cable. In his role, he and his team work to ensure we are delivering or they are delivering an excellent customer service experience. Tom oversees call center operations, including phone, chat and social media agents, in addition to other key touch points and service channels with their customers. Before joining Comcast in November 2010, Tom served as Managing Director and Customer Experience Director for Barclays Bank of Delaware, where he designed and built a top talent customer experience marketing and operations organization. Prior to Barclays, Tom was at AOL, you have mail, where he <laughs> held a variety of senior leadership roles across marketing and operations. Tom has 20 years of leadership experience with multi-service providers and leading consumer brands. He also served on active duty with the U.S. Army for six years as a combat engineer captain. Thank you, so Tom. Thank you for your service. Yes. He holds a BS in civil engineering from the United States Military Academy at West Point and an MS in engineering management from the Missouri University of science and technology. Tom, how are you? I'm doing well, Adam. How about yourself? Fantastic. So glad to have you here. Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. We are thrilled to have you here. And I'm so fascinated by the journey of what Comcast is doing. So I'm so excited to get your insights on that. And so in that regard, I'd love to know a little bit about your background with Comcast and Specifically, what CX goals you were kind of asked to take on when you first started in your position and and how did you view those challenges? Yeah, so thanks, Jeannie. I've actually uh, been with Comcast uh, for almost seven years now, um, and it's been an absolutely amazing journey and just feel so proud to be part of such a great 
company. Um, and, you know, we have come a long way on our customer experience journey. Um, there's still work to be done, but I'm proud of our employees and our teams and the focus that they've had on it uh, and a reemphasized and re-energized effort around it over the last couple of years as well. Uh, to your question uh, around the CX goals and what I was tasked with when I first started in this position, it really boiled down to a couple of things. Um, first and foremost, we knew we had to get better. Uh, we knew we had to get better performance, uh, and that came in a lot of different uh, uh, means in terms of what we were going to focus on. Uh, for example, uh, we knew we had to build some better infrastructure, uh, not only for our customers, but also for our employees. I'm a firm believer that you can't have a great customer experience without a great employee experience. Mm -hmm. And so that infrastructure Amen. of support is just so critical uh, to be able to have that for our employees to be there for our customers. Really wanted to focus on consistency. So matter, no matter who you would talk to, um, you would get a consistent answer and help of support, whether it's one of our great technicians, one of our call center agents. But then we also wanted to expand our channels of support and really develop the capabilities to meet our customers where they were, where they wanted to be met. And so that channel expansion was an incredibly important part of this. And so we did things like quadrupling the size of our social media team, expanding into new channels, developing new capabilities like our My Account app, um, which launches not only from a .com perspective, but through an app, uh, as well as through our X1 and some of our other products. And so really at the heart of it was, how are we just going to focus on the customer experience? How are we going to focus on the employee experience and, and uh, get better in both? That's fantastic. And I love that the first step is kind of like admitting the problem. <laughs> you know, like we knew we had work to do. That's, that's amazingly a step that a lot of companies don't get to. And so that's what I think is really kind of courageous about what you guys are doing. Yeah. I mean, that is the first step always, right? I mean, you can't, you can't fix it if yep. you don't, uh, it, if you pretend it's not there. <laughs> right. <laughs> you can't fix the invisible. Uh, so yeah, I want to dig in a little to some of the, what you've done, because I, I do think it's fascinating and always fascinates me how to try to turn around these, you know, these freighters, these, uh, these huge organizations that are at scale. And based on our research, it seems like you had a focus on at least two things that are near and dear to both Genie's and my heart, and that's increasing service speed and simplifying your customer's journey. And I'd like to start with simplification first, because like I said, Comcast is such a huge enterprise that I'm assuming simplifying was not all that simple. <laughs> So how did you go about deciding which touch points in the journey needed to be simplified and how did you approach the actual work of redefining each one of those touch points? Yeah, you're, you're spot on, Adam. I mean, both of those are incredibly important. Uh, and, you know, to your point, let's talk about the simplification piece first. You know, our products are incredibly powerful, um, but there's also some complexity that goes along with those products uh, and a fair amount of passion that our customers have towards our products. If you think about uh, every year, you're adding more and more devices into your home, right? The connectedness, the importance of that internet connection with literally how you live your life, how you get your entertainment. And we looked at that and said, we have to make this simpler and easier, not only for our customers, but again, back to that earlier point around the employee experience and it's important to the customer experience. We had to do that for our employees as well. And so, what are the some of the things that you attack through that process? Well, first and foremost, we took a step back. We looked at all of our journeys and what was going on. We mapped them out and we said, what is the ideal experience that we want to have for our customers and for our employees? And as we did that and we took the time to map all of those journeys out, we came up with a couple of things. And 
being that deliberate with it really helped us to prioritize our efforts, know where the biggest impact was going to come from first. And if I look at the employee aspect of it first, we knew we were going to have to give uh, more training to our employees. So early on, we more than doubled the amount of training time we do for our employees. We knew we were going to have to give them better tools, better information. So we launched a whole bunch of uh, new and just amazing tools, not only for the agent desktop um, that our call center employees would see, but also how do we work that cross-functionally um, with what was going on so we could share data and information between our call centers, um, our technicians, our retail stores. And so just all of this focus around the employee experience and how we could simplify that. We went after a lot of policies and processes and said, how can we make those better and simpler and really just attacked uh, uh, all of the areas underneath each one of those kind of main headers, if you will, around how to simplify that for employees. We also took that same approach from the customer's point of view as well. Um, that caused us to launch uh, some additional digital channels. You know, we talked a little bit around the expansion we did with social media and, and our social care piece. Uh, we took that from uh, roughly about 13 agents to now several hundred. We expanded our reach in terms of the platforms that we were in so we could meet our customers where they were naturally uh, uh, having interactions and where they wanted to be met um, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, we developed some great new capabilities, um, started to leverage a lot more around texting, uh, a little bit around something we call real-time assist, which I can uh, talk a little bit more on that, but basically at the heart of it, how do we give our customers timely information and message and simplify uh, things like equipment updates, uh, the status of a technician appointment, um, being able to see when the technician is going to be showing up at your house. All of those kind of things were just critical to, to what we've done. And our customers have loved it. Um, we've seen, for example, as we launched the My Account piece, um, we now have over 16 million users um, from a My Account perspective. And that's through .com, our apps, X1. Um, we launched some key partnerships like with UPS. Uh, how do we simplify it for the customers? Again, meet them where they want to be met. Take advantage of the 4,500, you know, roughly UPS stores that are out there. Do a strategic partnership with them. Make it easy for our customers to walk in and turn in their equipment. Um, and it was all that kind of stuff that this thinking just really uh, crystallized from how do we simplify that employee and that, and that customer experience. Let me pause there because I want to go back to your speed piece too, but just see if there was anything else you guys wanted to deep dive on, maybe a little bit around some of that simplification piece. Well, I guess that spurred a question for me because when you think about all those different pieces of the customer experience, one of the things that we talk about a lot here on the podcast and in general is that the enemy of customer experience is silos within an organization. And it's the fact that sometimes marketing is doing something that you know the retail stores don't know about or any of those things can really put in some hiccups to the customer journey and cause pain for the customer. And so as you're talking about these really like specific ways that you're improving the end-to-end -end experience for your customers, how are you guys communicating internally and how are you prioritizing that across all those different parts of your organization? Yeah, it's such an important point, Jeannie. I mean, bringing the organization along with us and making sure that all these great enhancements um, are called out so that everybody um, can, can be involved in this process, not only to be aware of the enhancements that we've made, um, but also be able to go through and give us feedback on where we still need to improve. And we've done a whole bunch of different things from uh, communications teams and how do we get that message out there through a whole bunch of different vehicles from 
videos to updates to roundtables. But so much of it really came down to this uh, this system that we put in place called the Net Promoter System. And look, I, I know a lot of your listeners are going to be very familiar with this. Um, we put this in place, uh, you know, a little while ago, but it has been such a game changer for us, not only to keep everyone informed around what's going on, um, but also to garner additional feedback around how we can continue to tune and optimize and get better and listen to them. What does that mean? Well, it's not only around the communications coming down, but you know, it's these huddles that we're literally doing every day with our employees to share the progress that's being made, to share the new things that are happening, um, to be able to showcase all of that stuff. Uh, we made a huge investment. And are you doing, sorry to interrupt, but are you doing those huddles like at each of those uh, retail stores and things like that? Is that is it down to that it is. level? It's actually literally at every location. Yeah. So you mentioned retail stores, Jeannie, but it's also about our call centers. Uh, it's our technicians. Mm-hmm. We actually do it virtually as well, too. So if you have different groups that are located in different areas, we have what we call the connected classroom where we can bring folks together virtually uh, by leveraging technology. So these huddles are right where our employees at every location um, so that they can go through and be kept up to speed. And again, we also get the feedback and the information back through them uh, for this net promoter system. And you hear a lot of folks when they talk about NPS, they talk about the score. We focus you're on ma- the system. You're making my day right now. What's that? <laughs> you're, you're, you're making my day, Tom. I, 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 literally, my follow-up was going to be, I'm so happy to hear you talking about the system and not the score. Because it's a whole different thing. Uh, yeah, please tell us how you're using it. Because that that's, I think, where so many people get lost with NPS. They just ask the question. They don't even ask the second question, which we all know, right? And then they just go, well, nothing's moving. So yeah, definitely mm-hmm. d- dig in onto that. I think our listeners would really be interested in hearing how you're using the system itself. Yeah, so the system really has a couple of key components that go along with it. So we hit a little bit of one on the huddles where we can get that information sharing uh, around everything that's going on, but also get the feedback coming into it. Uh, we look not only at the um, the system from the customer's point of view, we also look at it from the employee's point of view. Um, and so we also just have our employee net promoter system along with our customer net promoter system. So we can garner the feedback there as well too. Um, all of our employees are doing callbacks. Uh, which is fantastic. It's a game changer. Um, when you think about literally from our CEO, Dave Watson, calling back customers, and then he shares his experiences with the leaders and others around, hey, I, I did this NPS callback and here's what I learned about that piece and here's where I think we can get better. And that turns into um, you know, action to your point, Adam, around what things we can do. The other piece that I got to tell you, I just, I just love about the whole piece is we have this laser focus around elevations. And really, how do we go through and take those elevations? We share them in our tool uh, so that everyone can follow and watch and get the updated status. We review them in all of our meetings, again, all the way back to open, including our most senior sessions. What's the status of the elevations? How long has it been aging? Who owns it? Are there any updates? How can we get this information back out to folks as we've closed it and resolved the information that's coming into it? So it is this entire system that goes into it, both from the customer's point of view and the employee's point of view. And it's so much more than even just those huddles and other pieces, because it's been a game changer for us to really get people immersed in what that employee and customer experience is. 
And are you finding the act of closing the loop and the callback? How are you doing that on the uh, employee piece, I guess? Are you closing the loop on the employee side? Yeah, so we do it through a couple of different vehicles. So first and foremost is just through our tools and systems where anybody who's watching that uh, elevation will get that status real time. And they'll get an alert that says, hey, Tom just changed the status on this elevation. Here's what's new about it. And so we share it directly for those folks who are seeing it through the tool. But what we found is you've got to go a lot further than that. Um, And so through all of our communications channels where we share information down into our employees, huddles, uh, our email communications, we actually do a a thing every month called Frontline TV where we share uh, uh, video spots with the status and the update of all the changes that uh, and enhancements that we've made. So it is a multi-channel approach. Um, and we found that that's just the best way because, you know, folks consume information in different ways. So I want them hearing it from their immediate leader. I want them hearing it from our internal communications. I want them hearing it through the tools, uh, every way possible so that they can be proud of the progress that we're making. I know. I love everything you're doing because it really is looking at things from that customer perspective. And I think that's what really led to my understanding is that's what really led to this real-time assist idea. Um, so can you, Tell us a little bit about kind of the inspiration to that and how you, it, it couldn't have been easy to roll out is what I'm thinking for a, a company of your size. So how did you kind of roll it out and include customers and all that yeah, stuff? Yeah, Jeannie, you kind of you hit on a, a little bit of it uh, right there. I mean, we take the feedback from our customers and from our employees. And so many of these uh, ideas and enhancements that we've been rolling out uh, have come from direct feedback. Uh, could be either through research, could be through um, customer panels, could be through employee focus groups, roundtables. Uh, I take phone calls myself. Um, I learn a lot as uh, as I'm taking phone calls as an agent with agents using the mm. tools. By the way, they love that too. Um, you know, when, when when you go out and are able to do those things, and so so many of our ideas are coming from the bo- from the bottoms up throughout the organization around what's going on. And to your point, when we get those ideas, it's been great to have our uh, partners within the organization, our technology folks, our developers say, hey, here's what we're trying to solve. Here's the ideal experience we want to create. And man, their creativity just starts to kick in and they come up with some mm-hmm. awesome solutions to be able to go through and do this. And that's where, whether it's a partnership like what we talked about with UPS, which was another great idea coming up from our employees, or whether it's the My Account piece, or most recently, the one you just brought up, Jeannie, around real-time assist. And we benchmark, we study, uh, we get all the feedback, we pilot, we iterate, and then we go for mainstream launch and, and what it's going on. And look, this came from so much of the feedback from our customers that said, we want to get real-time updates. Uh, a texting solution is fantastic. It's a very easy way for folks to get it. Everyone has their mobile device with them. Um, and we started with, well, what are, the, what are the pain points that our customers are feeling where they'd like to get more real-time information? And we prioritized the build to do that. So what were some of those examples? Could have been for a status on uh, the appointment with a technician. Uh, could have been updates around my equipment, you know, things like self-install kits. Could have been around uh, network upgrades. Uh, could be around things like planned outages. Hey, just let me know. I get that this network is a living, breathing thing and you got to do some maintenance on it. Give me an update so I can plan accordingly around that piece when there's planned outages and other stuff. And look, there's a lot more that's going to come as we leverage this uh, communications channel even more. But that gives you just some flavor around how we prioritize our work based upon the feedback we're getting from our customers and how we iterate and pilot and, and roll out some of these great solutions. 
Well, that's fantastic. And I mean, that's what's really interesting to me is, you know, you've essentially created a new channel, right? Like you didn't have enough channels to begin with. And that's where, <laughs> and that's where I find it really interesting because you're, you're creating an entirely you know, sort of new channel to communicate with customers, but you still have to manage all the other old channels. And obviously with a company the size of Comcast, you've got all the traditional channels, you've got the social media channels. So how do you approach it uh, from the standpoint of omni-channel? Are you really looking at a true omni-channel channel cohesion approach or where they all work seamlessly together? Or do you think that's sort of a pipe dream? And are, are you shooting for some sort of, you know, not quite perfect target with that? So our goal, without a doubt, is you have to have a consistent uh, message and delivery, and you got to meet the customers where they want to interact. And we have a large and diverse customer base uh, with many different preferences in terms of how they want to consume information and interact with us. And my challenge to the team is we have to meet our customers where they want to be met. And if that's on social media, then we're going to be the best at social media that we can possibly be, whether that's on Twitter or Facebook uh, or Instagram or wherever. Um, if they want to do it through uh, texting, then we're going to do it through texting. If they want to do it by interacting through the products, like on X1 and a message center. So that's another channel, Adam, to your point, that we just recently launched with the notifications. Why? Because our customers said, hey, wouldn't it be great if I could get information delivered to me through that channel? And so... It is absolutely critical that we meet our customers where they, where they want to be met, and we're going to continue to do channel expansion uh, so that we can do that. Now, I think there's two other really important points around this that we've learned through this process. The first one is there are some channels that are better from a proactive perspective, and we knew we really wanted to get uh, further upstream on the messaging to be proactive as well as reactive. Um we got a lot better on the reactive pieces, but like the real-time assist really gets us uh, more and more into that proactive piece, right? How do I meet you in the channel you want, texting, but also can deliver to you proactive messages ahead of time so I can anticipate what your needs are and so you don't have to react. I am there to serve you and give you that messaging. So that proactive uh, piece was uh, was one part of it. The second part, and we developed this awesome uh, uh, capability, it's this new tool that we call Customer Timeline. And it literally takes all these events like what you were talking about across all the different channels. So if you have something in uh, the retail channel, uh, if you have something that you interact with in a more self-service or with the product or with a technician, I now have this uh, tool called Customer Timeline, which takes over 250 events and puts them all down to the customer individual level into one database and this awesome visual representation um, around exactly what that experience is. Our employees love it because they can get that context through all of these different, um, we call them swim lanes, right? So that they can see, here's what's going on with their network. Here's what's going on with their interactions. Um, and all of these, uh, and, and you can adjust the time frame that you want to look at um, incredibly easily. And it just gives you uh, a full 360 degree view around what that customer's experience is, both from human interactions they've had with us, interactions with the products, uh, speed tests that they might be doing, any of those kind of things. And 
that really helps with that consistency of the information. And it's a game changer for us to be able to pull all that data together in, uh, in, in one place. I'd love to demo it for you guys at one point, if you ever have an interest in oh, seeing love to see kind it. of some of these tools and investments we've done. It's, it's just fantastic. Wow, that sounds amazingly helpful and useful and actually kind of simple. Yeah, it's taking <laughs> all of that, something that, you know, you all of that data and information <laughs> and put it into an easy to understand visual representation. And then now we can write rules and run algorithms behind the scenes to say, hey, let's give these recommendations either to the customer proactively through real-time assist and other things, or to our employees when they're having that conversation through the agent desktop or the, you know, the technician uh, uh, devices when they're in the home, all that kind of stuff. And so it's, it, it's, it's mm -hmm. been a great effort by that team. Wow. Well, you guys are covering so much ground and you do have such a huge, diverse organization, industry, everything. What do you think, um, to kind of wrap this up with a bow here, what do you think any company could do to really start improving their customer experience, to really accept that they have work to do? What do you think is the first step for them to take? Yeah. So, and, and you know, Adam brought it up a little bit. Uh, you know, we, we've had a lot of open dialogue uh, at every level of the organization uh, across the company and really just sitting down, putting pen to paper and saying, here's the ideal experience we want to take. Here's where we're at today. Got it. How are we going to get there? What's it going to take? And then prioritizing that piece accordingly. And the great thing is at every level of the organization, we have folks that are uh, engaged in that. And look, this is listening to your customers and your employees, and they're going to tell you what you need to go through and do. And the net promoter system helps with that. Um, our callbacks help with that. Uh, our leaders going out and installing cable and working in stores and taking phone calls that, mm -hmm. you know, I'll go and do and my team does and all of our leaders go through and do. Um, and you just learn a lot through those processes. And once you get that, you get an amazing perspective. First off, I think you'll find that uh, I'm sure so many other companies like us, we have some amazing employees that are just passionate around uh, teamwork, being part of a great team and, and, and uh, really about serving our customers. And as leaders, then we got to give them the tools and the processes and the simplification and all of these things and get out of their way so that they can do that job and be there for our customers. But that listening piece, I know it sounds a little bit cliche, but you really got to do that. And then prioritize coming out of that, what you have to do to then get to that ideal journey. And, and I think anyone can really go through and do that piece, but uh, it's been a game changer for us. And that second piece, that systematic approach through the NPS system is, is, has just been critical. It's given us an operating model around how you actually hold yourselves accountable and be able to showcase the product that you're doing. So that was more than one. Those were kind of two recommendations, but I think that listening <laughs> piece and then that system make a big difference. Yes, for sure. Huge, yes. Well, hey, Tom, thank you so much. Thanks for giving us a peek behind the curtain. You know, it's always interesting to see what a company that is so large and has so many moving parts, how they approach these uh, topics, how they approach making change, both internally and for their customers. So this has been a very fascinating look. So we really appreciate the time. And uh, if somebody wanted to reach out to you on social media or connect with you at all, uh, how could they do that? Yeah, so um, the best way, send me an email. Um, go through the stuff. I respond to folks. So it's Tom underscore Karinchak 
at Comcast.com. Uh, I talk to a lot of customers over the phone, through email, uh, all kinds of different ways on these pieces. Um, and if there's folks who have questions around the stuff, you know, um, I can get them in, right, in touch with the right folks on my team as well, too. We do a lot of uh, best practice sharing for sure. Excellent. Well, we'll make sure all of that is in the show notes as well. But this was really fantastic. Thank you so much for sharing so much with us and our audience. Thanks for being here. Thanks, Jeannie. Thanks, Adam. Really enjoyed it. Wow. Well, I think he was incredibly generous with what he shared from behind the curtain. And uh, it's a fascinating journey that Comcast has undertaken and also that they continue to be on. How big a CX geek am I, Jeannie? I'm like, oh, you said new promoter system. I'm so happy. I know you had to like fan yourself so you wouldn't faint. <laughs> okay, now we're pushing it. But yes, <laughs> oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> okay, well, we bring the we put the geek in CX. Does that work? I don't think that works. <laughs> that should still be our tagline, even if it's I know. illogical. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, I think we were geeking out, and I'm sure some of our uh, audience was too. But I really liked how he ended with that piece of advice and wisdom to just really listen. It's We say over and over and over again, but any organization can prioritize that and, and make changes because of it. Well, our listeners know all about that. So, Oh, well, I got what you did there. You, you caught it? You got, it took a second. I had to register. But. I know, it did. It did. <laughs> well, on that note... <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to Crack the Customer Code. We are a proud member of the C-Suite Radio family. If you like C-Suite Radio, check out C-Suite TV and watch in-depth interviews with business content for C-Suite leaders and entrepreneurs. It's all on demand, so get insider secrets by going to csuitetv.com. Thank you so much for being here with us. I'm Jeannie Walters, and you can learn more about me and our customer experience investigation consulting at 360connects.com. And I'm Adam Tepork, and you can learn more about me at customersthatstick.com and our new online course at howtodealwithdifficultcustomers.com. You know you've got difficult customers in your life. It's just how you work with them. <laughs> All right. Until next time, take care of yourself. And take care of your customers. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.